Welcome, everyone, to Recollection Step, a Grand Archive TCG podcast, part of the Main Deck Podcast family. I'm Dan. And I'm Taylor. Uh, today, our topic is going to be uh, the Auckland uh, metagame at the Ascent event there, and also just the general Fractured Crown metagame. Uh, before we get into that, though, what, uh, what, what have you been up to, Dan? Uh, well, if uh, our Grand Archive audience was paying attention, we had a big Weebs of the Shore live stream just, uh, well, last night as we're recording this, last week, I guess, as this is being posted. Um, and uh, I'm just recovering from that. I was up late um, streaming with everyone. It was, uh, boy, were you did, were you watching that stream, Taylor? That was yes. wild. Yeah, I was watching. I watched like pretty much all of it. That was insane. There were so many cool cards spoiled. Um, yeah, I I was on the floor at the end of that. I mean, like I I didn't have any like special information or anything. Um, they didn't show us the cards they were going to preview ahead of time, even the ones that we were looking at. Um, and they just said, "Hey, be here at this time." And uh, Dan, you're going to be with Red Zone Rogue, and you two are going <laughs> to look at a spoiler and stuff. So it was uh, it was crazy. We got to see Arasana, the cleric abilities. We got to see the the uh Tenoris's obelisks we got to see diana's um creeping torment what all that stuff does oh yeah it was insane um i know a lot of people are very excited about about diana they've been very hyped up about creeping torment as they've seen it but the idea of just like Tenoris just walking around with these giant obelisks and smashing people with them is insane it's very good it's top tier i liked that we had a little bit of Timmy and a little bit of t- Timmy being the, the psychographic profile defined by some magic, the gathering people a million years ago, a little bit of that. That means someone who likes big, big numbers, big damage, big dudes, big smash tonerous right up your alley, which mm-hmm. I think is awesome. Um, or I think, I think I keep saying tonorous. I think it's tonorous, right? Tenoris. I don't uh... know. I, I checked with Syl at one point and I already forgot. <laughs> it's not, I remember Tonoris last night, but you know what? We'll say Tonoris just for the heck of it. Yeah. And then next time, next time we'll go to like Tonoris or something. Yeah. We'll keep saying, we'll say it different every single time. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had, we had the, the Johnny profile the people who like kind of like combo-y stuff with like cleric right up your alley from what we finally saw. Star calling. I can't even believe that mechanic. That's so wild. Star calling looks to be very powerful potentially. Um, it it gets definitely into like the more spikier Johnny kind of builds for sure. Yeah, like I for sure. I it, yeah, I think you're right. Like spike spike the the sort of the tournament player like mentality is the person who generally likes to eke value out of every possible mm-hmm. opportunity because they're interested in just what's the most efficient way to win the game, um, and. Yeah, this this uh, I mean, like already churning on ideas with using Arasana level three's ability to make your star calling cost zero once per turn, mm-hmm. which is just like wild. If like, OK, not to get too far, we got plenty to talk about, but, but not mm-hmm. to get too far into this idle speculation. But the idea of being able to stack a deck with uh, a high number of Astra cards, a lot like Rai does with Crux cards right now, and then just get to level three, 
you don't explode right away, but instead it's like every single turn almost guaranteed to find an Astra card to with star calling or something. Mm-hmm. So you go, okay, I got to level three, scry the skies, play this for free, draw a card into memory, pass the turn, fairy whispers, play this for free, um, reveal the top and, and whoops, I guess it was randomly a win card. Cool. I get that too, or something, you know, <laughs> like that's, uh, that's just, that's exciting. Very mm-hmm. exciting. Definitely. Very much so. And then Diana, a lot of cool stuff going on there too. Very, um, has a lot more going on than I initially thought. Like Creeping Torment is just kind of seems to be a small part of her, her Umbra kit. Um, they spoiled a new weapon for her. Um, I forgot what it was, uh, forget what it was called already, but it's a new gun. Shadow's cool. Twin. Shadow's Twin. Uh, like doubles all the on hit effects when you hit champions yeah, with it. I I love Oof. seeing that. I'm so yeah. I'm I'm this type of Timmy gamer. It's like when I see stuff that's like when this would happen, do it twice. I go, oh man, like there's going to be some crazy stuff you can do with this thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, and lots of new bullets shown off that that have awesome on hit effects as well. So we're gonna have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. Uh, maybe two weeks, maybe two episodes from now, depending on when spoilers come out, but we'll, yeah. I think we'll wait and, and hold off on the rest of this until, until we have the full picture at this point. Cause there's a lot going on. Yeah, for sure. And it was, um, I think we, yeah, we just want to get, I think a few more cards to really start to understand these, these kits, because it's just so tough to talk about advanced element stuff without having enough context. You just, mm-hmm. it was kind of like when we, we skipped cleric in the last episode because, uh, well, like this context would have been needed to really address like what she's doing, I think. And mm-hmm. still, I'm not sure we have what we're looking for. Um, aside from that though, the stream was a ton of fun. We got to play some games. Um, I was very excited to be able to, uh, earn a whole bunch of giveaway mats that got sent out to the community. Um, I was so glad that red zone rogue was Cal there was <laughs> my, my ally in, uh, in our trivia contest because they asked, about a 19, whatever, 1986 movie with this cast. And I was like, I literally only watched star Wars when I was a kid. Like that's the only thing I watched. So it, and it would, I knew it wasn't star Wars. <laughs> I was, um, I was also really happy. He was your teammate. Cause I was yelling Highlander at the screen, but unfortunately you could not hear me from across town. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. Couldn't quite. I, I, I thought I heard maybe a little, a little something like, uh, must've been the wind. So, um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right though. We should, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's get to our main topic before we go there though. I do have to do what I'm, uh, kind of the usual thing we're doing now. I'm going to mention two things basically, uh, for our listeners out there. If you enjoy this podcast, you've enjoyed listening to us. Um, and you do want to support us in any way you can. There are some wonderful ways that you can support. If you, first of all, if you just like the episode, you can of course go ahead and like it down in YouTube, subscribe to the channel all that kind of stuff. We're actually now up on Spotify and iTunes. I've got that all done. So these episodes will be going up there. If you prefer to listen to them on Spotify and iTunes, by all means, head over there, get, you know, follow the show there and you'll, you'll get the episodes as soon as they go live. Both those systems do have ways to rate the show as well. So you can go ahead and pop a little five-star rating or whatever on the show if you do like it, because that does help us kind of get discovered as well. So um, that is one of the easiest, cheapest things you can do to support us if you do enjoy this content. But then the other thing you can do to support us financially at no cost to you, well, no additional cost to you, it does cost something, um, is we do have our TCG Player affiliate link, which is going to be down in the description or in the show notes of the show. Uh, and that is uh, also, you can also just go to our, our bit.ly version, bit.ly slash shop TCGs. That's bit.ly slash shop TCGs. 
and that will bring you up to our affiliate page. Then you can go ahead and buy any cards you want to buy on TCG Player for any game. Doesn't matter. There's no additional cost to you, but we do get a small kickback for that. So if you are someone who typically uses TCG Player, you know, you can bookmark that link and then you can just access that. It doesn't change anything you're doing, except we're going to get a little kickback from your shopping, which helps us grow and expand our our content on our reach and all that kind of stuff. So really do appreciate any support you provide though. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show and the channel. Now, Taylor, why don't you, why don't you lead us in here? Because I think you're, you're the mastermind behind this. So you've got, uh, you've got all the ideas. What are we, how, how are we tackling this topic of the FTC metagame and the ascent Austin, Austin, ascent Auckland recap? <laughs> um, well, let's start just kind of like, let's do a quick overview of kind of what happened at Houston. Uh, Cause that kind of like was the boom for all of it. We saw a couple, I think we saw some regionals and some store champs right away. Once it, uh, once it launched, if I remember correctly. Um, it, I mean, that was right on the border there of, of like um, DOA was wrapping up. FTC was just kicking off. And yeah. We had up. like one online fractured crown tournament that happened. Um, there were, I'm not even sure if some of these these Yeti ones might have actually still been set one. I think I'm not sure we had very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, like Houston was pretty pretty fresh as far as big events went for for FTC for sure. No, there were a couple. I should I, I want to just to make sure our numbers are right. You know, there, the Yeti Gaming Weekly here was we had like two or three tournaments that went up on Luxera's map. Um, by the way, awesome tournament resource if you want to follow. Uh, Grand Archive competitively. We've got that. That's linked in like every Grand Archive video we do. It's right down there. So go check mm-hmm. that out um, if you don't use it already. Um, but yeah, uh, Houston was a lot of uh, a lot of fire allies, a lot of fire Merlin, a lot of fire Merlin. Yeah. Um, and wind allies was kind of a breakout deck at that tournament as well. But um, I think going into it, everybody thought fire was just going to be extremely dominant. Um, and it, I mean, it was very powerful. It was very prevalent. A lot of people were playing fire, but um, definitely was shown to not be like the biggest dog in the room necessarily. Like there's, you know, it, there's other other decks that can compete currently. Houston was very much fire and fire and wind. I mean, the top eight mm-hmm. was half and half fire and wind decks. Um, one Rye, uh, a couple Merlin, one Lorraine for the fire decks. And then all three true champion gaming, all three wind Lorraine decks. Um, and then... One wind Merlin, one wind limelight, limelight's wind Merlin, yep. mm-hmm. um, and water just no, but nowhere because I don't know. Like there, I think water. There were a couple water in top thirty-two. I had the pleasure of actually playing um, Valkyrie Loaf, another content creator who was uh, who was playing a really cool water. I think they were water Lorraine. I think it was mm-hmm. water Lorraine. Is he Lorraine or Merlin? Uh, there was a water Lorraine list that was floating around. For sure. Yeah, I think it was Lorraine. Um, I think it wasn't like, I think the big thing that happened from this though, is that, that the true champion gaming ally list came out and it kind of showed everybody like, here's the ally deck. Mm-hmm. And then people were able to start porting that more successfully into water, especially with the addition of proxies vault, scepter of Lumina. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Scepter of Lumina, very powerful. Um, I had been playing a lot of watermelon before Houston. Um, that's kind of what I was drawn to. And um, it, leading up to the event, I just didn't think it was going to be powerful enough. Um, it does a lot of really cool things, but it doesn't necessarily go over the top of anybody as well as like something like fire Merlin. And then of course, um, once you came out with the triple threat list, like that was just huge. You know, that was, that was kind of what we all pivoted to. And, uh, it took me by storm for sure. Like I was yeah. <laughs> fell in love with that deck pretty quick after I decided to give it a try. So 
the triple triple threat hybrid deck, um, specifically when Avarice sort of Avarice was legal. I mean, serious. Uh, I, I don't. I I appreciate all the kind words. I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but like, what I was a serious under underrated competitor in the metagame that had game against basically everything. There's nothing you were cold dead to. Rye was your worst matchup, but Rye was fairly underplayed. Um, I think, especially at Houston, there were not many entries. The one Rye I faced all day was Michael Yap, who we'll talk about in a little bit, um, <laughs> who uh, who dominated me around one and put me on course to bubble out um, because of that. Uh, but um, yeah, like that. The thing is, with people with water being as underplayed as it was. The water had this probably the the strongest like the strongest lantern place for sure to try and shut down Rhapsody, but that wasn't as big a deal because in that version of Triple Threat, you had got to you just went to level three, you drew a million cards, and you couldn't lose the game easily at that point. Yep. Um, with Avarice banned now, I think that's that that has opened up the door for that list to get controlled too hard by water now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, let's talk about that a little bit, actually, because uh, it kind of goes into our store championships pretty well. Yeah. Because um, I think, uh, I mean, we just played a ton of fire at store champs for us. Uh, I was at JWW, friend of the stream, sponsor of the stream. Um, and uh, there was like about eight of us or so, I think, and lo- so many fire decks. Like <laughs> it, was, was... it was seven, and we had six fire decks and one wind. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, so yes. We... <laughs> it, was it was a, insane. it was... It was unfortunately like a little smaller than our normal player base with a number of people who just who just couldn't make it for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's just kind of where right now with the player base Grand Archive has, that's where most store champs are kind of hitting. Like if you're you're generally probably hitting somewhere in the uh, six to 16 range, depending mm-hmm. on like quite how big your city is or how popular uh, or how just how well it lines up with people's schedules or whatever. I know in like the Cali region, they're probably all a bit bigger, but they also have a million store champs. I was listening to Talk GA, the um, the podcast that uh, Foamy and Ava and Mark from Solar Games do, mm-hmm. and they were mentioning how every single weekend it was like store champs, store champs, regional store champs up yes. there. Um, for us, it was this was the one store champs, and if it just didn't work out in your schedule, you didn't get to go to store champs, which yes. is unfortunate. Yeah, that happened to like at least like two or three people I think in the area. Yeah. Unfortunately. But um yeah, I mean so you had taken uh an iteration of triple threat. Um I had taken an iteration of triple threat. Mitch had taken an iteration of triple threat and we had all gone in like slightly different, different directions. Yeah. All three different iterations of triple yes. threat, which yep. is fun. Yeah, it was really cool. Um and then uh let's see, there was a a fire rye, mm-hmm. a fire Xander uh, I forget what the last fire deck was, but um, just so much fire. Uh, we, it, I, I feel bad because I've been saying like you don't have to play fire in this meta game at all, and then we just show up with like you know all, all <laughs> fire, only fire. Well, you were about to show up with water, Lorraine. You just yes. about took it, and yeah. if you had taken it, you might have taken the title. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think there's a reasonable shot at that. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, it was just coward move not to do it though. I should have should have just trusted my gut and gone for it. But triple threat's fun to play too. So it's, it's great, you know. It's it's fun to like just dunk rhapsodies. So yeah, um, the the version I was playing and and I was the one who 
we should one, yeah. yep. won the event. The version I was playing, so I did the whole deck profile, and if you missed it, you can go check that out. But I mean, it's a, it's a, um, it's just it it doesn't go to level three as much as it focuses on just trying to kill you as quick as possible with erupting rhapsody. Um, purely just relying on the fact that fire can draw a million cards and. Uh, Rye level one is quite potent when you've drawn a million cards. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, I think I went to level three maybe once the whole tournament, um, like one game. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I, I only went to level three one time. It was against the Wind Ally deck, and I needed I needed some health. I just needed like a buffer. It, I wasn't stringing together what I needed. Against aggressive decks with any variant of triple threat, you're supposed to go more control. Um, if you can't outrace them which you often can't uh you need to actually start just spending cards to deal with the board to attrition them out and that's where that merlin level three comes in and restocks your ability to control things gives you a little bit of extra time mm-hmm. um now what what it was your variant that you were playing you want to go over that yeah um let's see mine was still like uh just kind of the straight to lorraine to, to merlin level three um a little bit of crux ghost of pendragon in there to kind of help you refuel once you get there um, and set up a turn. Um, and I think I had I had really biased my deck a lot more towards the Acro matchup in general and the ally matchup in general. Like it having the ghost in there, like you get to go to level three, play ghost, you refuel your hand, and then next turn, they're probably not going to kill you because you've dealt with their board, and then you just get to to Rhapsody them after the fact. Or hit them with a couple, couple fireballs or whatever. Like you just have very smooth sailing because you just you're gonna have a constant flow of cards it might not be a huge burst like you had with avarice beforehand um but you're like you're you just have the game locked up now you you weren't playing incarnate majesty though right that is correct yep right so that was that was the big difference with mitch's build who Mm -hmm. he brought in incarnate majesty he just said okay look i'm just gonna go to the long game Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna go there you can't kill me and I will Rhapsody you eventually. It doesn't matter what your yes. defenses are like. I will it, stop you. Yep. And it was really good in the Merlin Mirror. Um, yeah. Like, it, Incarnate Majesty buys you a ton of time since you're, people aren't just, like, exploding with Avarice anymore. Um, and whoever gets to, like, level two first is just, ha- they're at a huge advantage because they get to control the flow of the game a little bit more. Um, so his deck was playing four, fi- fi- or four dungeon guides, excuse me. And I was only playing two. I, I don't know if you were playing any at all. I played zero. Um, but we'll get to that because I think there's still a pretty good innovation there. Um, but uh, yeah, so he was he was set up a lot better for like the Merlin mirrors for sure. Um, and that that bore out. I played him uh, in the last round and then again in the first uh, first round of top four <laughs> and lost to him both matches uh, a lot because of Incarnate Majesty. Yep. Yeah, th- I think that Incarnate, like you said, that's that's kind of the tech to deal Mm -hmm. with the it it just puts it puts fireballs fairly out of range Mm -hmm. um the advantage is that like at least the erupting version the the triple threat version of the merlin decks can just erupting actually if if you've been able to like put enough pressure on them which sometimes happens um you can actually still just go face with erupting rhapsody because it it doesn't target it's not a spell It, it so the spell shroud from uh, majestic, majestic spirit doesn't actually do anything, but he still has the damage. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but you can also erupting rhapsody of the spirit and direct the rested face. He'll still half the damage on face while he's in play, and then he'll die. Um, mm-hmm. Is how that interaction works for anyone who was curious about the specifics of that. Um, 
So, but I, I just think that the, I think the erupting one does have a little bit more game against Majestic Spirit, but still, if you're like, I, I thought it was, it was kind of interesting. I felt like we had maybe sort of a, a rock, paper, scissors between just our three, yes, our yeah. three decks were like, I could go fast enough and my, and I didn't care about allied hate. So like I had a little bit of an edge on you. Um, I was also the one playing Rye level one and you two yep. were playing Lorraine level one. Yes. Which I think we'll talk about in just a second. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But then, you know, Mitch could kind of stop me and you, well, actually, I'm not sure what direction it goes into. But I think I was I, in a rough spot regardless. Yeah, <laughs> maybe was, that's right. I think I think actually it's rock, rock, scissors. <laughs> yeah, yep, it was. Yeah, you guys had a, a really good finals match. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was going to be tough for me regardless. Yeah. Um, um, it was just cool. Cool to see all that, uh, all these, like the ideas that we all kind of separately had about how we should tackle this. You know, I think we were being a little bit more coy. Like usually we communicate a lot about what we're building, but like mm-hmm. right that week kind of leading up to Star Champs, you kind of like got a little information out of me the night before mm-hmm. where I, I was like, all right, I'll like tell you a little bit, but I think we were all just being a little coy because we're like, yeah, you know, like want to keep a little bit of tech there so I could try and snag that title. Yeah, we're all pretty competitive. We were all really excited to to hit a shot at that. So um, that play man is is super cool, and having the the championship swag to to throw around to locals is always fun. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, moving on from that tournament, like I think talking about how we would innovate on the triple threat list moving forward. Um, it's I think we're kind of coming full circle where we want to go more hybrid again. Um, but instead of at Houston where we had both Lorraine level three and Merlin level three in in the material deck. My idea now is to move to Lorraine level one and also Rye level one in the material deck, depending more on what that matchup requires. Because uh, Lorraine, yes. Lorraine is really good into the ally matchups still. Um, getting the free sword and just being able to kind of get that extra health buffer right away um, lets you control the board a little bit more. Rye, Rye gets to do that as well. But the big advantage for Rye is that in these like Merlin mirrors where um, like you're, you're worried about getting to Merlin level two first, he gives you a pretty big out. If you can't get to Merlin level two, um, turning on your class bonus, your mage class bonuses earlier is pretty big game and lets you kind of uh, get the, the additional damage you need to get a smaller Rhapsody off and still win. I think another small advantage is that Lorraine's sword, you know, I mean, it gives you, two damage sort of seeking like over time, which is, which isn't, it isn't nothing. And as, against the allies, you know, like you're saying, that's where it's like really impactful because you really don't want to be spending cards from your hand if possible mm-hmm. to try to have to deal with allies on the board. You'd like to conserve as many cards as possible. But if all you're doing is, you know, like it's a ride deck. So you're like, well, everything I do just goes to face. Like <laughs> there's, I don't mm-hmm. have to target your allies ever because you only ever have dungeon guide. Um, in those cases, what you really want is to try and get the win faster than them. Like going to level three Merlin is like, you like, it's like they're dragging you down to their level and beating you with experience. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, right. You're, you're going to have a tough time beating Rai level three when you're just trying to go to Merlin level three, because once he's at level three, he's like, Hey, I can still get to play degenerate stuff and draw a million cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and you like can do a big attack and that's kind of it. Um, and it just ha- and everything has to line up for that. Whereas, if you can just stay at level one, and draw cards, um, and that's where like you get to play now, Jewel of Enlightenment in your material deck, which then allows you to just 
have an extra Grand Crusader's Ring. So instead of spending those turns losing cards to go up levels, you're spending those turns drawing two cards per turn instead, uh, mm-hmm. plus whatever else you're drawing. Uh, that can give you a huge, huge tempo advantage against Rai to the point where you can pull off the Erupting Winds before he gets to three, before he has Spell Shield Arcane online. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I like about this Rai version is that, and and this is tricky, because we're, we're talking theoretically about how to build the deck, but we don't have mm-hmm. a like a 60-card list exactly for this hybrid thing. And the one thing I liked about my version was that I got to run the four Ignite the Soul in the main. Um, Ignite the Soul, great floating memory, great pitch, you know, something you want to pitch to Creative Shock whenever you can. By playing, you, you can still play it in either build, but you only get that floating memory on level one for when you do want a level. Um, and again, that's not as important if you're just trying to stay at level one. So not a big deal, but it's really nice just to, um, I think that's going to be a card you might want to put in the build either way, because against that Rydeck, when they do get that quick dungeon guide up, they get to level three. It is the cheapest way to break a spell shield arcane mm-hmm. and still kill them because spell shields, the thing that like uh, a lot of, a lot of texts does not stop erupting Rhapsody from, from, you know, you winning the game yep. spell shield straight loses you the game if you i mean you you don't have to target him with it if there's something else to target Hmm. but there has to be something else to target is the is the key so if there's nothing in play um no allies nothing like that you go to erupting and they go spell shield you go whoops (laughs) (laughs) banish nothing and take five and they get a bunch of enlightened counters that's still Mm -hmm. like too much um and you'll probably lose the next turn yes um also, your list didn't have any crux in it either. So, like, just the Rye level one helped a lot. Whereas, I think if you've got the crux, like, that's really also where you want Lorraine and the sword. Um, yeah. Because you're probably playing Ghost of Pendragon at that point. Um, so, depending on how, like, how much crux you want to play in your main deck, too, is going to determine whether you want to play both Lorraine and Rye or just one or the other. Um, you know, I, I think something something about that that is a it's a hard to quantify difference between the decks, but it's it plays out in a very tangible fashion. It certainly did during the finals match against Mitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, you know, he was playing his was his was basically the tra- the more traditional um, at this point, traditional in this part mm-hmm. of the metagame um, Merlin with the with the prismatic edge and then yep. just a small, like, I, I don't even know if you're in two copies of, of the, uh, off element cards. Uh, um, yeah, I think he might've had two of one and one of the other. Yeah. He, it was a pretty small amount. He didn't mm-hmm. seem too often, but his deck had three cards that didn't do anything. And then his deck had eight, 11, I don't know, somewhere like maybe 11 crux cards, maybe around there. I'm just trying to think of, mm-hmm. I think he ran sight majesty ascension. I think yep. he might've run those three. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So he definitely had hands where he had he had some clunk. He oh, was yeah. he was drawing these hands. They're like, I you know don't have a lot of play options. Um, I you know every deck can get a little clunky, especially these triple threat ones have a bunch of win cons. And I definitely like I had one game where like ah, this is too many win cons. I just <laughs> <laughs> I can't win um, because I can't draw. I can't get any card velocity. But mm-hmm. that last game. The game three, it was came down, of course, game three. Uh, it came down to me having the room in my board for because I didn't have to run swords and stuff. I had room in my material mm-hmm. deck for Orb of Regret. And I orbed out uh, all three fiery momentums for some cards. And he didn't have any recourse. Mitch just had some, he, his, he had half a hand. And I got to take a turn to turn my hand into something that worked. Draw, draw, draw. Won me the game. Yep. Um, 
and there's like there's an advantage there's a distinct advantage to not having advanced element cards in there just by virtue of having a hand that has more playable lines more routes you can kind of go down um and and also then just sometimes having a little extra room in the material deck for for your orb Mm -hmm. yep yeah exactly um I think we could wax poetic about this this deck for uh, this is you know, this is the triple threat podcast, yeah, think, right? Exactly. <laughs> Just talk <Yes>. about reversions. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I think we've we've kind of gotten to the point here where um, we, you know we've seen the meta game like kind of solidify up to this point. Um, a lot of fire, a lot of wind. Like both, there's a lot of a lot of very like variants of each element um, that you know you're probably playing a Lorraine or Rye or Merlin, uh, but that's you know still a lot going on. Um, but let's get into to Auckland here uh, and talk about the results there, because uh, in my opinion, that kind of blows a lot of of what we thought we knew about the metagame wide open. Um, I agree. Like it, you know, it. First of all, like you know, true champion gaming again just came in and just dominated the event. Like just insane, you know, back to back performance. Like very cool. Um, again, coming in with like you know a very innovative deck list uh, that that I don't think as many people were prepared for or was really expecting at all. I can't wait to talk about this. The, 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 mm. it's, a, it's a small dash of spice, yep. but that dash of spice is a huge impact. And it's no doubt at this point that True Champion Gaming are some of the best players in the game, like, oh, yeah, period. I, yeah, they're the ones. You see those guys round one, you go, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> You're hoping for some lucky breaks at that point, yeah. for sure. Yes um but let's drop jump into the top eight and just kind of talk about and the top 32 and talk about kind of how the decks that showed up and and how they did um so top eight was uh three different uh water lorraine lists um a wind lorraine allies list a fire lorraine in soul list uh wind rye list a fire merlin list and then one more fire merlin list that won the whole thing um michael yab Fire, fire hybrid. Yes, fire hybrid. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, Michael Yap winning it with uh, fire hybrid, which is you know fire fire Merlin also playing Lorraine level two and three spirit ruler um, for a little bit more flexibility. Um, and and already <laughs> this is more water than we've seen in the meta game ever. Um, it's very cool to see. Uh, the rest of the top thirty two was also very diverse. Like there's ten different um, archetypes here. Um, uh, beyond what was in the, the the top eight, we've got a fire Xander allies, which is really cool. Uh, we got a, a wind Merlin, or did I, say, I said wind Merlin already. A wind Rye, excuse me. Uh, water Merlin, um, some more fire Rye's. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, the the like the breakdown in the top eight was like almost a perfect like triad of elements. Mm-hmm. Um, could definitely, you know, it. It'd be nice to see Sylvie break it break in, but um, I I'm not sure if the I don't know if the proxy's vault card that she got was quite enough. Um, there's people saying that she's got some power, but we're not seeing it here. It could be that people haven't quite figured out the combo with it yet. But um, I like if I if I had to gun to my head, have to like uh, Diana's gun to my head. I have to go <laughs> ahead and uh, and just state an opinion i feel like tamer is still like you're you have to try too hard mm-hmm. um you have to you have to jump too many hurdles to get what other decks are getting uh, and i don't feel like a terra proxy's vault card is solving it when really she needs like she needs something to play in the early games that like just that in the early game that just deals with having too many pride things to 
to jump through or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, this this top eight, this top 32 really showcases how strong Scepter of Lumina is. Yes. Um, so maybe we'll see some like Sylvie builds build off of that because that's there's, you know, a ton of ton of power there to, to tap into that Sylvie can really take advantage of. Like Mitch has been playing a water Sylvie list at locals a bit as well. That's got a lot of potential, I think. Um, a lot of different routes you can take with that. So like, I think, you know, players put some more time into it. You could definitely see some some brews come out and just take the take the events by storm, uh, just like True Champion Gaming did here again. So, yeah, I'd love to see it. I definitely would. Um, Xander too needs. Uh, it was Xander. Xander. They revealed at Auckland. They revealed Auckland. Mm-hmm. Xander's got a level two coming in Proxy's Vault, and that could flip everything on its head depending on what it does. Like like mm-hmm. Xander is just so on the edge of being an effective champion. Mm-hmm. I feel like he just needs the smallest little push. The level three builds need to just get to level three with like one or two more cards in hand. It's like, yes. that's what they, if they do that, then it's suddenly it's like the, these ally decks go, uh, I can't beat you if you get to level three. I, I literally can't win. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And that, and that just introduces a wedge into everything that's been building in the metagame. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. So let's, uh, we've talked about it a lot. Um, do you want to talk about the true champion list first, or should we talk about the winning hybrid list? I, I want to talk about Yap's winning list first. I want to talk about that. I just, because you know what? I don't think we've talked about fire (laughs) Merlin decks enough. (laughs) You know, like, honestly, could I do a podcast entirely about fire Merlin for the next like two years? I think so. Uh, absolutely yeah i mean i was really close to just trying to convince you to talk about it only today but <laughs> there's so much other cool stuff going on i know there's there is a lot to talk about the the big thing that's going on with this list um and uh so i don't know i don't know how much went into this from from our houston performance or whatever but i did get a message from limelight shortly after the conclusion of auckland saying uh something to the effect of yap just won with a hybrid list like yours from houston or whatever mm-hmm. um which I was I was very excited by because I knew we were on to like something. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't an erupting list, right? And that makes sense because erupting is a more, you know, erupting is a is a higher risk, high reward strategy mm-hmm. when it gets it has it has very, very strict counterplay. Um, and it has counterplay to the counterplay. Mm-hmm. Unless it gets fracturized, then it's then it goes, we're gonna just go late. Um yep. and it, it thing is it always has some amount of game, but um, what we, what Yaps list is, is a list that has similarly, it's always got game because it's just doing the traditional fire Merlin thing of just, you know, how long can you, your opponent live with a deer in play? Mm-hmm. Like not often like a crazy amount of time with four fireballs in the deck, a deer in play, and then ghosts of Pendragon and stuff to beat down with. Um, however, he took the, the side of the tech that we were using that he used is, um, or actually he moved it to the main board. So we ran flame sweeps in the side at Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran three flame sweeps in the main. That is that right there, that alone, huge. that was the decision. I think the, mm-hmm. to go, go hybrid with flame sweeps in there. Now he's, he's, he's running full hybrid. So it's spirit of fire, Lorraine level one, and then Merlin two, Lorraine two, Merlin three, Lorraine three spirit ruler, uh, version. Mm-hmm. And, um, that allows him to, when the opponent sits down, and they put allies on the board. He goes, okay, easy game. I go to Lorraine two. I flame sweep the board. I draw three cards off of that. 
um, and have done some damage to their face. I level to three. I sudden steal them. You know, like fire, all you do, you do what we did. You just transition. You go, okay, in this game, mm-hmm. I don't need fireballs. Fire, like fireballs are chaff. I just put my fireballs down to pay for costs. And then I'm just going straight into Ghost of Pendragon, Sudden Steel. Um, incarnates become gen- like generally chaff. I think there's like a, there's like a line where maybe. There's, there's some slim lines. Um, I mean, like Crystal of Empowerment still in there, right? So you get to level three, you play Crystal. Your, your Majesty's cost seven now, which is a lot at that point in the game. But with Pendragons, with Cruxites getting Pendragons back, there's certainly like room to play it somewhere. You you got to be careful because Incarnate Majesty's efficiency is class bonus. So, um, oh yes, 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 yep. yeah. So no, you right. don't yep. get the level reduction. So you, you really you have to pay a lot you have to, to play it on Spirit Lord. Yeah, you do mind. get the you get the sword reduction. Yeah, but um, you only run I, two swords. So he he is running. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's only running two. He's got but he's he's got the drawn blade in there. So like, mm-hmm. but what you get to do is like it's just kind of like the old Ferrari um, mm-hmm. like infusion play line where you sweep the board, put out drawn blade, use the drawn blade in whatever order you need to do it. You do those two things, then go to spirit ruler, get the drawn blade back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that sort of just like gives you that card advantage momentum where you can just go ahead and, and, uh, you know, find the, find the kill at some point, mm-hmm. find the ghosts, ghost, the drawn blade, play yeah. the drawn blade again, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You just, you grind them out very, very effectively at that point. Um, it's tough for Aladex to come back at that point when you can chain ghosts of Pendragons with with Cruxites. And I mean, you can even throw fireballs for four damage for four cards. Like that's not the worst thing in the world either against those decks. Yeah. At that point in the game, like it's just, you, you've got so much control at that point. You're good to go. I think the big tenet that this deck relied on to get there is the thing I was saying earlier is when, when your opponent's playing aggro, your, your game plan is to attrition them out. They, mm-hmm. they cannot continue to drop not good allies for sure. Like sometimes mm-hmm. they, they'll put some like weaponsmiths down or something. Right. But like yep. they're, they will run out of Gildas. They'll run out of even, even like lurking assailants and uh wind rider vanguards, all those, like they'll run out of the good things. And actually in a surprisingly short amount of time, mm-hmm. um, I think to the point where you are, you know, if all you do is just go, if, if all, if I attrition you out, then my chances of winning the game go to like 80% at that yep. point. If I can just get you out of your allies, it's going to be very difficult for them to find the kill, especially when you have sudden steals floating in your deck. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sudden steal is just, Oh, I love that card. It's so insane. Big damage. Yep. It's very close to Tonerous, but not quite there. <laughs> um, so yeah, a shout out to Michael. Yep. The incredible mm-hmm. deck, incredible performance. Um, and I love the comeback after his, you know, he, so I mentioned earlier at a, at Houston, he played me around one and and beat the hell out of me. He was just like he he played a he played a perfect Rye and just dominated me. But Rye is a feast or famine deck. He feasted on me around one, and then I think later in the tournament he just famined a few times and and uh, found his way out of the event. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought a much more like all around like effective good old fire hybrid. Always have the options available to you and. And it was a great meta call, and he performed super well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Congrats to him for sure. Um, but let's move on to this true, true champion list because yeah, this has captured my heart maybe more than than Fire Merlin. Um, Scepter of Lumina is a heck of a card, and this looks a lot like their Wind Allies list, um, except with Scepter of Lumina and Lorraine Spirit Ruler as well, which just provides a 
heck of a lot of burst damage to your opponent. Um, Scepter potentially being 12 damage for one card out of the material deck is insane. It's going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of decks. Yeah, the this is really showcasing. Like, this is what Scepter of Lumina... This is what water needed to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to keep up with anything. And yep. this is what this is what you want to do. Now, the big the big thing here, like the innovation here that really makes this so clutch is sort of like the the line of logic where you get here. You start with you start with uh, True Champion Gaming's Wind Ally deck, and they go, okay, we're going to sit at Lorraine level one. We're going to every turn what we're going to do is we're going to put out uh, one or two allies, whatever. We're going to get ourselves to balance if we have Gildas in play. Hold back a few cards because those few cards are going to be key cards, deflecting edge. Uh, favorable wins, Zephyr, Displace. Like, the, just the only interaction cards they run, everything else is just going to be dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, play some dudes, hold back that interaction, push damage. Stay at level one, draw cards every time. So the interesting thing is you switch to water, and that was that right there is the line that a lot of people were playing and seeing some success with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just, okay, well, we're just going to do the water version because what do we gain there? We gain the ability to frostbind. We gain the ability to fracturize, especially against erupting Rhapsody decks or, or things like that. They can go, or rending flames, nullifying frost, uh, fracturize layering means that it's uh, it's a nullifying lantern that is unassailable by fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good. But now we put in Scepter of Lumina, you go, okay, well, if we level to three instead, we have a line where we can just go. If if all I do is I pitch two cards or I pitch some float, I get rid of some floating memory. Suddenly, boom, four damage to your face. Mm-hmm. Turn on my banner knights that way. That's nice. Level to three, do it again. This is where I think it's so clever. Then they go, okay, well, what do we do at level three? Well, go some pen dragon. Like mm-hmm. that's a pretty easy inclusion because it is a two reserve three four that draws you two cards it's like the most absurdly statted card in the game i think yes it's it's bonkers it's wild that that crux has a weapon like this i i mean it's not fair to say because like tara's got some cool weapons too like crawl is he's a beast but he's just not as anywhere near as easy to play as ghost of pen dragon yeah but then i love the, the my final the final piece of spice that i adore in here is two copies of spirit blade dispersion the this card i think has seen almost zero tournament play mm-hmm. up to this point i'm sure there's some like early tournaments where people were like maybe like toying around with it a little bit um it was like it was in the prelude starters and mm-hmm. so like i'm sure it ended up in some decks but since houston at for sure um i mean no dispersions but then what a what a clever thought to go you know what once we get to level we get to level three they've probably taken like uh, eight to twelve damage from Scepter of Lumina already. We've attacked them a few times. We just need to finish them. And Spirit Ruler puts out a four durability weapon, and you just go, okay, zero cost, fast speed spell that does four damage. Yes, <laughs> that's sick. <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh yeah. man, I love it. It's. I mean, yeah. It's that's that's potentially sixteen damage off of like just leveling up. Like not, you're not even playing cards or anything like that. You're just, all you're doing is like progressing the game and dealing damage to your opponent. Yep. And in that, in place of things like Displace and Zephyr uh, and Favorable Winds, we get to run again. We get, you know, Frostbind, Song of, uh, Frostbind and Fracturize. And they also ran four copies main of Song of Frost, which is like, 
I, I, I wonder how many games they just stole with that card. Mm-hmm. The opponent's playing any aggressive fire deck and they go rending flames. They go, yeah, okay. Whatever. No attack anymore. It's gone. Yep. <laughs> like yep. solid level two flame sweep there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, like, actually, I, I haven't gotten a chance to really sit down and like watch through any of the, the gameplay, but like, um, I'm actually even more impressed that, and maybe it's a testament to his skill or something, or, or just some bad luck on the, on the team of tr- the true champion gaming side, but I'm impressed that Yap won because that flame sweep getting negated by Song of Frost should just like, mm-hmm. they, they should probably basically win the game on the spot when yes. that happens. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this looks like it has really good matchups into a lot of the Fire Merlin things going on right now. Um, another interesting thing is too, like, so True Champion brought this list. It looks like there, there's three other water Lorraine lists throughout the top, top 32, one in top eight as well that Ivan Dang played uh, that are like slightly different. Um, I'm not sure if they like this team came to the same conclusion in parallel or anything like that, but there's some slight differences to it. They're also going to Lorraine level three. Uh, they're not playing Ghost of Pendragon or, um, you know, spicy spirit play dispersion dispersions, but they've got some extra like anti alley tech in there with Lunette and snow fairies and stuff. So like, again, like this is a really flexible build. You can, you can build it to attack a lot of different meta games, uh, depending on what you're expecting. The Lunette in particular is the it's like the water call if you expect to see a lot of wind ally decks mm-hmm. wind wind allies can't do anything about lunette it just they just yeah. go oh okay <laughs> yeah. i'll just not do anything ever <laughs> if you're on the play uh and you go turn one lunette balances up i i like they have to gild this i think into it. no they, they don't have an answer at all there's just nothing <laughs> no, like, they're, they're, they're serious done. like <laughs> they're done for the rest of the game like they have to hope that you mess up and get rid of balance so that they can get like a uh, sort out with the rain and, and attack it down with like a sort of seeking or something. Z- um, Zephyr and displace will like allow them to put something in, but then they can't attack the lunette mm-hmm. with it. Exactly. Um, and then the lunette comes back and it's yeah. Yeah. Like, especially and it, like, I like this. Um, Ivan's list here is pretty cool. Actually. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is a, like, this is clearly a I am not going to lose to Wind Allies version yes. of this list with three Lunettes main, three Seeking Shots main, which another great card against against that deck just because it, it hits the damage threshold mm-hmm. to kill all of the allies that matter. It has True Sight, so it kills Dream Fairy. Yep. Um, like anti-Dream Fairy, anti-allies. It runs Snow Fairy, which is just like only good against ally decks. Um, and uh, And it's... Still running Woodland Squirrels, I think, just to deal with balance with Gildas mm-hmm. to try and keep the Gildas online. In fact, I, I would say actually this list looks a lot like just the like the water version of yes the mm-hmm. of the Wind Ally deck. Um, just kind of like finding replacements card for card, but it's like it's a it's it's good. It's got the the, the key thing too is it's got the Dungeon Guide Scepter Lumina. I think that's that's yes. a combo too that like oh, yeah. you need to be aware of. <laughs> yep. It's, because it's it's one thing to get four damage on your material your opponent's materialized phase. You know that's coming. You're like, okay, they're gonna level, they're gonna deal four damage to me. But what happens when suddenly your clock is totally wrong because they then dungeon guide you that same turn? You take four more damage mm-hmm. and they put the sword into play. And then with with uh I mean, especially with um true champion gaming's build, where then they also do four more damage with yes. uh, infusion or something like yeah. Ooh, yeah, just a scary. ton of lines where you're gonna do a ton of damage out of nowhere. I really like um Squirrels in this this other list though with lunettes too because like that's where you really want balance to be turned on like 
like I think, yeah true like with true champion they weren't running lunettes um just gildas and you really don't need squirrels like you get one or two hits in with a balanced gildas and that's more than enough in that deck um in this deck you really want those squirrels to help you keep lunette at a high health um it, you know lunette's kind of like the ace and protector of of the water allies versus the wind allies yeah yeah, I think that's very, very fair and very astute. And even I think it's at around the same numbers that Ace and Protector would get played in those mm-hmm. builds too. So, but yeah, I mean, just sweet, sweet lists here. Um, really kind of having a chokehold on ally decks there. Uh, let's see. Um, let's talk about this win Rye deck. Yes, it turns out Rise is still good, <laughs> he's still powerful. Right, right. Again, it's like Rise kind of feast or family. It's just like if, if your deck comes together, then. There's like little that some players can do. A lot, a mm-hmm. lot of decks just go, uh, okay, yeah, I lose. <laughs> like that's yep. you got it. Um, if things don't come together, you're struggling. You're struggling. Um, but this Windry, so we we've actually in, in our locals we had a Windry player for a long time. Um, yep. Who uh, and and Mike has just been busy with fatherhood stuff, so he's not been um, he's not been showing up to the locals tweaking this win ride deck but i was first thing i saw when i saw this list was like this is remarkably similar to where he was like sort of directing everything towards mm-hmm. um it's a it's it's a good list it's this is the list where it's like a, just a little more refined than what he was working with um and i can say from experience that it was frustratingly powerful when mm-hmm. and when everything came together um I think this is a I think it's a cool list and I think it's really cool to um I guess the I'm I'm interested in I don't know if you have any insight on this Taylor I'm interested in where you think the the wind version has the edge over the fire version in this meta. Um uh, honestly I I like the wind version quite a bit and maybe more than the fire version in this meta it getting the four beseech the winds in addition to the four dungeon guides really lets you continue to kind of like hammer home high arcane counts. Um, so that you can level up really, you know, really quickly and, and make sure you're hitting your arcane spells in your level ups and still potentially like have the time to draw enough cards to kill them after you get to level three. Cause that's kind of the issue with fire rye right now is that, um, they have to buy some time with peaceful reunions and resolute stands. Um, so they can level to three, like a little bit more slowly and keep cards in their hand. Whereas like wind rye is going to more consistently be a level three on like turn two. You've got four besieges and four dungeon guides here. And once you're at once you're at level three, like your pure into manas are insane. And don't forget displacing dungeon guide. Yes. Yes. That's like that's the huge play. You you all you have to do is see a single dungeon guide and a single displace, and you go, yeah, okay, I'm like I'm level three turn two. Like easy. Yeah, <laughs> it's very easy. Yep. Um which which is like it, that's very scary for you to do because you you go down to like one card in hand when you do that. Mm-hmm. But if that one card in hand is a careful study, you're fine. Like you'll oh, yeah. Can you, can your opponent get the kill on turn two? Uh, they have to be, they have to be like erupting who saw everything. Yes. <laughs> Every, yep. like everything perfect lined up then maybe, but that's, mm-hmm. um, and that's only if they're, you know, if, if they're able to get to level two, level three on turn two and have spell shields up or something, which this deck did run three spell shield main, mm-hmm. um, then you're in a lot worse position. Um, yeah. uh, your opponent's in a lot worse position. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's I a mean, good list. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, this one leans a lot on Advent of the Stormcaller, 
which I think is pretty huge. Like that's been pretty popular in Rye builds for a, a while now. I think uh, I'm not sure if it's seeing the same amount of play it is or was before Reckless Conversion was banned. Um, but I mean, it, it, they use it super well in this win list um, with the especially with the three Voltaic Spheres to help kind of get your level up and reduce the cost a bit more. Yeah, Voltaic Sphere actually, I think um, I think I underrated that card when I first saw it. It's definitely a a strong linchpin card in, in getting these ride decks to like hit right rise usually just like a number or two away from mm-hmm. like oh you're, you would be just dead if i had like one more banished card or something and voltaic sphere happens to add two relevant numbers and in a worst case scenario it's a source of a few damage to the champion or something mm-hmm. um, i was actually i was surprised at the one shock therapy here too like that was a card that i still have pegged as being one of the weaker cards in the set it's it's really good with dungeon guide um because when you level up with dungeon guide um how does this work you you're le- you're banishing it as part of resolving dungeon guide's effect um so by the time the shock per- therapy would see the the trigger window for its class bonus element bonus effect about putting an enlightened counter on your champion when it's banished from memory um you're already level 3 because the dungeon guide has resolved um, so you actually get that extra enlightened counter from it too. Uh, so it's really, really good in these wind ride lists. I think that that are turboing up with dungeon guides. I I sort of remember hearing that something mm-hmm. to that effect. Now that's that's when you level a dungeon guide, not when you level. Correct. Not when you level manually. Yeah. So if you level in your material phase, or you level in your, like with beseech the wind, um, you've got to pay your costs to get your level three onto the stack. Uh, so you're gonna banish your your shock therapies while you're level right. two. But because you're banishing them as part of the dungeon guide effect resolution, uh, that they don't, you're level three when they're banished because it, it's all happening in the same effect. Oh, right, right. That mm-hmm. is such a such a little minute detail, mm-hmm. but that makes sense. And that and that again, like Rai just being about just getting that one last number you need to like find the kill. Shock therapy, getting a, an extra enlightened counter can completely, I'm sure you know, give you that one level you needed with power overwhelming to get to the advent of the storm collar level to mm-hmm. advent for free. And then when you add once you start adventing for free, then it's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> then it's just over. Yes. Yep. Or, I mean, it's in the extra card you need from careful study too. Like normally you get to play only one careful study for two cards in a turn. Uh, if you've got the shock therapy counter as well, you'll get two. Um, yeah. So they're referencing like rise level three effect or his inherited effect from level two to give you a, an enlightened counter on the first mage skill or spell that it's played each turn. Um, so shock therapy then gets you an extra free one. So all your like you just get a huge turn with careful studies and um, in addition to to advent as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I I love this. I love this list. I mm-hmm. I think there's. I think these numbers had to have been fairly carefully chosen. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think you end up on a list with one shock therapy, one erratic bolt and one peaceful reunion. If you haven't been like yeah. grinding this list. Yep. Uh, so a huge shout out to, uh, to Keelan who just, yeah, I mean, that's a, this is an awesome list. And I think, I think this is a deck actually that more people need to be playing right now mm-hmm. because I think you will, you will totally like sweep unprepared people. Everyone is just gearing up for ally matchups. And um, if, if you see like, especially if, if you like, you go up against this, like water Lorraine, Ivan's water Lorraine is like Lunette. And you're like, 
<laughs> um, I guess my dungeon guide enters rested. Uh, oh no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, before we move on, uh, kind of wrap up some final thoughts here on the meta game. Um, and talk a little bit maybe about conversion or something, but, uh, the fire in soul or rain list in oh, the top, yeah. top four that, uh, Gaetano, uh, um, yep. how you pronounce it. That's how I uh, would pronounce it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry if I butchered your name, but I mean, it's, you know, everybody thought resolute stand was going to be the death of in soul. Uh, and that's clearly not the case. Um, still a very powerful card. Um, they're not, first of all, they're just not always going to have in soul or I keep saying uh, resolute stand. They're not always going to have resolute stand to stop your in soul. So when that happens, like that's just hitting for, you know, potentially like 16 damage or 17 damage or however much it is. Um, uh, I think that's with, is that with banner Knight? I forget. Um, I'm, I'm not doing the math correctly off the top of my head here, but it's just, it's a lot of damage. At once. There's, there's actually no <laughs> banner Knights in this list. Oh yeah. Yes. So it's yeah. Less than like whatever the full amount is, but I mean, it's just, it's a I lot think... of damage. Um, some spirits blessings in here to, to continue to hit with things like the, uh, warrior's Longsword um, or the fly- fire tongue, like just a lot of really cool stuff. This list is, this list is, I mean, we haven't seen a list like this in a while. This is a unique list for a number of reasons. Not only is it obviously doing in soul combo and soul combo is such a, such a, fun strategy because it completely flips what, how your material deck is built from normal. Mm-hmm. So a Gaetano was unable to include any tech in the material deck whatsoever. It, it's, it's actually just seven swords, four champion levels and a grand crusaders ring. Mm-hmm. Um, though he's got sideboard tech that he can bring in uh tithe lantern and Viridian protective trinket, all probably solid role players, mm-hmm. uh, in the right matchups. Um, but also in the main, like like I said, no Banner Knight whatsoever. Um, but what he's doing, he's running Lorraine Crux Knight instead of the very common Spirit Ruler. And he's mm-hmm. also got three Spirits Blessing in the main board. So what it looks like the plan is, is you're going to get there. You're going to insole. You're going to attack a million times. Um, will they have the Resolute? Sure. I mean, you also, he's got three Flame Sweeps main. He's got two Rending Flames main. Like he's going to bait that re- those stands out. Mm-hmm. in the in the mid game already yep. um against a lot of decks like if he flame sweeps you um you know you you well, you're not going to stand that but you know he's he's going to be able to hold ally decks off toss the flames out you're going to stand the flames you're going to stand rending flames every time because it oh, prevents yeah. six damage mm-hmm. um and you know if you're not still holding back on one and that unsold doesn't kill you then how many of these cards get banished? Uh, one, two, three, four of the swords will get banished from that, mm-hmm. from the attack, which will now make Lorraine's attacks plus four damage. So then at that point, he can potentially throw a, even like a Savage Slash is now doing six damage and he can Savage Slash Spirit's Blessing or he can just attack with a sword, Spirit's Blessing, attack with a sword. Yeah, yeah I don't even, you don't need the, you don't need the attacks. He can mm-hmm. then use the, I'm sorry, I'm putting this together live. <laughs> yeah, My thought yes, process live. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But you're, he can use, oh yeah, he can then attack with the Warrior's Longsword for six damage, Spirit's Blessing, then attack with the Seer's Sword for five damage. No, for mm-hmm. six damage again, because the Warrior's Longsword got banished. Like, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like... That, that, yes. That's where I got the 16 damage from earlier, is because Crux Knight. So you do like 10 damage or so with your swords, and then you get to do another like five or six with the Crux Knight follow-up with one of the remaining swords. 
Yeah. It's, yep. it's I, what I think this is great. This is a, because mm-hmm. anytime you can take a, like if so, you sit down against someone and you're playing Lorraine, like Taylor, your competitive player, you sit down with someone, they go fire spirit and you go, okay. And they go Lorraine and you go, well, they're one of two things. They're either going to, they're going to be aggroing me. And you actually should know what that already by turn, mm-hmm. by turn two, yeah. if they're aggroing you or not, mm-hmm. or they're Merlin. And at that point, you know, okay, they're going like, they're probably going long game. Um, they're potentially erupting, but we're not sure. Um, but having this rogue, like in soul strategy, I think is so sick because yeah. they're like, they're, are they going to hold the resolute stand against you? Not game one. Like they won't no. necessarily know that you, you pop the ready flames out They go resolute stand. You go, cool. <laughs> <laughs> got them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally got them. Yep. Uh, in soul, you lose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, very smart coming in with a main deck for us too. Um, you know, hitting whatever potential like hmm. veiling breezes or spell shields or anything. Like that's that's so interesting too, because that only affects fire cards. So that's only flame sweep and running flames and mm-hmm. fire tongue. Yes. Maybe. Does that count? Um, it does count. Yep. So if you're oh oh actually any sword attacks because your champion's a fire spirit. Oh yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yes. Yes. So yep. your champion is a fire source, damage dealt by fire element sources you control. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I mean that's still just a lot of unpreventable damage that's going to get thrown out there. Um, you can still attack with the other swords, even though like the damage might get prevented. They're still going to lose durability counters, go to uh, get banished, and and power up your crux knight. So just excellent, like kind of fail safe there. You know, worst case scenario. So. Um, like also a ton of floating memory in here which is i mean you need it in an soul list um but i know there's been a lot of people that have just been hating on floating memory lately because of all the merlins running around even some of our like scavenging raccoons uh floating memory is still really good still very powerful when you can get that into your graveyard profitably floating memory is back i'm gonna say it right now on the podcast <laughs> Flo- floating memory is back baby I, I never thought it was gone but it, it was it's back it's back it's with back. a vengeance it's back exactly um, there was no i mean after ascent houston there was a period of time where for several reasons floating memory was was being seen a lot less there was there were metagames that were developing going into houston that were just hugely merlin dependent and mm-hmm. and all those players getting in the same room and thinking wow merlin's really good are obviously just anytime any of them tried playing floating memory, the other, the opponent just got it. They were like, okay, cool, banish it. And then they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this sucks. Um, and we were doing the same thing. We we played a list oh, yeah. that didn't use a lot of floating memory. Um, and to be fair, you know, when you're playing fire, you don't have to have floating memory because card draw suffices um, mm-hmm. for, for it, it does the same role as floating memory uh, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I think we're in a metagame where raccoon is like people knee jerk to ride. There was definitely some groups that right now that were like four of raccoon. And then mm-hmm. now raccoon is more like, you know, zero to two, like raccoons tend to be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Merlin is, is there sometimes a lot of people are playing low to the ground ally decks. Like if, if you go after Hugh, if you watch Houston and then you think, okay, the new metagame is low to the ground ally decks, like a Lorraine wind allies, then floating memory is it's like open season for that. It's never going to get targeted by anything. Um, it may be raccoon sometimes, but you know, it's sometimes it's like your raccoon. You, if you have the raccoon, you have the raccoon. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like this inclusion of this. Um, fa- like fast cure is a card that is sometimes totally game altering, um, mm-hmm. insane floating memory card. 
a lot of surprising amount of honorable vanguards in the top eight in general. Yes. Um, vanguards back just being a just being a body mm-hmm. <laughs> that you yep. have to respect. Like if if you just go like, well, I'm not going to kill that. Well, it, it like it gets you to damage thresholds. It gets mm-hmm. you there. Yes. Yeah. It's still, you know, one damage a turn, which is not that's not nothing. Inspiring call and banner night certainly make it more than that, too. Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of the, the six spice. I mean, obviously, Terry with Truth Champion also played like a Fire Merlin list. Um, that's been uh, got the Prismatic Edge and the the Wind and, and Water cards main as well um, that we've seen before. And that's still very powerful. Uh, still doing a lot of really good things that you can you can pilot that at a high level and take events too. So yeah, I feel like Terry Terry taking the, the safe route, the like, I'm experienced playing this. This mm-hmm. list is good. This list has game against everything. I'm just going to, you know, rely on my testing, my experience, and a solid fire deck with solid end game to get me there. And obviously it worked. Yeah, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it worked just worked just great. Yes. Um, but yeah, my my takeaway from this now is there's a lot of really viable decks. Not everything is viable, obviously. Um, like, you know, we're it's your Xanders are still kind of confined to like fire allies. Sylvie is still nowhere to be seen yet. Um I think there's some some there's some room to play with both of those, um, especially with the uh, what is it Stone Scale Band and the upcoming Xander Level Two. Um, we don't talk about we don't talk about Korhazi's Insignia. Um, what was that? The, I literally we, forgot that about that card. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. literally forgot about it. Exactly. Um, so like, oh my God. you know, there's there's room there. There's room. I think I think there there's there's some spice to be had at some point potentially. Uh, I mean, these, these water lists show that, right? Like you, like all, all six water Lorraine, uh, decks that came in to the, to, to date or that came into Auckland made day two, like, like there's insane conversion right there. Yeah. Like absolutely nuts conversion. There's, there's room to come in and attack, attack metagames here with, with unknown decks and, and, and be successful. So, uh, you know, I think, I think there's still some, some play there for Sir Sylvie and, and Xander, but really the big thing is that like, you can bring a lot of different kind of flavors of Rye and Merlin and Lorraine and, and kind of attack the metagame how you want. If you can find uh, what, if you can read the, read the room correctly. Uh, the, the stat that I liked the most, I, I repeated the stat to you, you know, when we were chatting about this a little bit ago, but uh that you, you, yeah. The, I mean, the stat that all of those water decks made it in top top thirty two is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but that half the water decks in the tournament made it into top eight. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. And that half of the wind ride decks made it into top eight. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The two, was, there are two. Just, yes. No. There were there were three wind wind rides. Um, oh, sorry. It's it's one third, one third of one third yes. each, right? Yeah, yeah sorry. Right. One third mm-hmm. of one third of each. One third, one third of the water Lorraine decks made it into the top eight, mm-hmm. and one third of the wind ride decks made it into the top eight. Yeah. Um, yep. But that is a that is a high conversion rate. Yes. Um, and you know it it indicates to me that those decks are being like potentially under underplayed or underrepresented. One hundred percent. Yeah, like there's just there's a lot of room to figure out what your deck does and you know master that and play it well and and take down tournaments. 
And I think as we as we go forward, so just to like project into the future a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Fracture Crown metagame is just going to be coming to a close here month. I think there's still a few there's still a few store champs, still some regionals that mm-hmm. are closing out the season. Um, I mean, this goes into this goes into January pretty well. Like there's still like a month, a good month of Fractured Crown metagame before uh, Alchemical Revolution releases. Oh, but with the holiday season in between, I don't think mm-hmm. there's anything scheduled like on christmases or anything around no around i mean like next period. weekend i think there's nothing i forget if there's stuff that on like new year's weekend sure um but i mean that's you got this weekend still you have the two weekends after new year's like that's three weekends of of events yet yep should be a few more and and certainly a good opportunity to you know like try and read the meta a little bit and mm-hmm. and i think there's some really good there's some really good calls you can make whether your call is is you know what everybody's planning for these water decks now so it's erupting's time to shine like it's erupting's not good against water but if everyone's playing anti-water then erupting's probably pretty good so oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um you know like those meta calls are what i think are are a really fun component of tcgs once you like once you really start to understand the metagame and you can like try and try and call call the call instead of just like bringing the obvious good deck or bringing the answer to the mm-hmm. obvious good deck um yes. Or you can, you can, if you expect, you know, on my locals, there's one thing, like when we were going to store champs, I was teching for locals and everyone oh. should tech, like you shouldn't just look at the Ascent Auckland list and go, that's what I have to tech for. Mm-hmm. You need to look at the Ascent Auckland list and think, which of my locals are going to take these lists, right? Yes. How many of these people are going to start playing these ones? And then which ones are they going to play and which ones should I tech for? Um, when you're talking about like store champs level tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we move into Fractured Crown, though, the Fractured Crown, sorry, as we move into Alchemical <laughs> Revolution, get my head on straight here, um, and we have the addition of the three new classes, and we have the Proxies Vault, hopefully bringing up, you know, bringing up Assassin a little bit, Tamer maybe has got some playability. I think we're looking at a metagame where, I, maybe I said this in the last episode too a little bit, but very much, I think, if there's a style of gameplay that you like, there should be viable, like competitive viable builds in that style, um, whether they're found or not. And I, I agree. I think there's still some unexplored stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not confident it's Sylvie. <laughs> I want it to be really badly, but I'm not confident. But I think there's unexplored decks in general. Mm-hmm. Um and I think whether you want to brew it or just, you know, find whatever's working for people, I think if you have a champion you like to play and a style you like to play, and there's going to be a huge variety now with Alchemical Revolution, that's going to be something that you can do. Um, and that's going to open up, like when we do our, our recap of Ascent Ontario, uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be crazy. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I, I, could, I could easily see eight different decks in top eight. Um, oh yeah. Depending on just how people shake out, it might be like five different decks in top eight with true champion gaming playing three of the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened in Auckland, six right? different <laughs> decks or something. Yeah. So do my math wrong. Six different decks, true champions playing the same one three times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, I mean, and, and then you got hybrid builds and then we didn't Taylor, we didn't even get to talk about the dual element champions. Oh yeah. Yes. Yep. Those, Last episode those dropped. Yep. Those dropped right after we recorded and it's like, there's, uh, oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, two of them, especially just look like there's 
potentially a lot of really fun things you can do with them. The cleric Vanitas has got wild like wind shenanigans with his weird level one and two. Um, Nico just had like a weapon previewed that was the last name on the the festive stream. Um, that is like potentially going to be very strong in her builds or potentially just guardian builds in general. Like it's if people thought Houston was going to be the wild West, um, which I, I don't think they actually did because there was a lot of expectation of fire Merlin, <laughs> yeah. but, but if they did, Oakland is just going to be that, but like to the next power. Ontario. Yes. Ontario. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's all California. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's close enough. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and and like straight builds, like straight cleric builds, hybrid builds, dual element builds. I like, and then like after you get through all those levels, then you have okay, maybe you settled on fire warrior. Okay, well, are you doing in soul? Are you doing level one aggro? Are you doing, I don't know, it's not like a Merlin type build, but with Lorraine? I think there's like there's just a lot of there's a lot of infusion still is probably playable, like. I've been uh, I've been trying to brew up some infusion lists here. Um, there, I think there's a lot of fun stuff to do if you had there for sure. I I think I the the best the the thought that came to my mind after finishing that stream yesterday after thinking about all these this metagame breakdown for the podcast everything is like and I, I said this to you guys last night in our in our like group chat but I feel bad for everybody who's not playing Grand Archive right now. Oh, like no kidding. This is this is in my opinion one of the most exciting trading card games out there who is like with set three, I think really coming into its own, but has mm. vibrant, vibrant, interesting metagames right now with a variety, huge variety of playable decks, um, huge variety of, of uh, available skill expression oriented play um, where, you know, you can, I think, I think you can be one of the best erupting players. I think you can be one of the best Rye players um, and you you can just find your niche and hone in on it, and uh, and I think with the last with the last banning banning avarice banning reckless conversion, mm-hmm. the game is at the perfect like the 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 perfect strength level of its sort of like end game threat cards. It like those two cards were going about a turn too fast, mm-hmm. and the game is now right there. I think it's right it's right where it needs to be. Where like aggressive decks work, level three decks work. Everything in between. There's control ver- versions. There's ally versions. There's mm-hmm. there's like all in combo decks. There's just like it's all there, and it's about to just get absolutely insane. Yeah, I mean that's that's really the one thing like the meta game was kind of missing before those bannings was that um, you hit to level three, the game ends, and that's it. Like you it done that turn essentially. Um, so it didn't matter what your flavor of level three was. Like it didn't matter if you were playing Crux or Arcane or you know if you were playing Soul or Infusion. Um, like the game was just over. You didn't have any. There was no time to actually play it a, a turn after that. Now you're you're spending like you know two maybe three turns on level three uh, in, in each game uh, potentially if your if your deck's going to level three. So like there's just a lot more room to kind of like play around with these advanced elements and and see a, a greater diversity of what's going on there besides just kind of like the the low to the ground ally decks we were seeing before where we kind of you know there were some some nuances there now we're seeing those nuances display in level three as well yeah i'm very very happy with the balance of the game right now i think it's i think it's excellent i'm literally like in the process of just grabbing a bunch of extra magic cards bringing them to our locals so i can get some more grand archive uh stuff (laughs) in my hands because it's 
it's just so it's everything's so exciting. Everything's mm-hmm. so exciting and so fun. And I'm so happy to be here uh, along for the ride. And I'm so happy that we have a locals of people who are uh, just as excited as me about mm-hmm. things. So um, and right now, Weebs is already they're 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 working on their plans to upgrade their ambassador program, reach out to more stores, get more demo events running for people. Um, it's a bright, bright future, bright future and exciting metagame for Grand Archive right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I'm I'm extremely happy to be here right now. Um, and with that, I think that's been the recollection step. So thanks, everybody, for, for watching and listening. Um, but I think that'll be about it for the night. Later. <laughs>